Hello and welcome to Potluck, a weed sommelier podcast. My name is Liz and I'm your host and weed sommelier. I review weed products, recommend things to munch on, and talk to guests about their history with cannabis. I've been a consumer for 10 years and I am located in southern Maine where it is legal medically and recreationally. I am here today with a cool dude and an even cooler ride. This is Rue Kehoe of the Pink Waffle. Welcome to the show, Rue. Hey, Liz. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on here. And more importantly, thank you for uh, operating a food truck at weed events where I'm sure everyone's first thought, you know, after where's the weed is where's the food. Yep, yep. Uh, weed and waffles go hand in hand. It's been a really nice parallel industry to uh, my food truck. Yeah, the pink waffle. So I actually ran into the pink waffle food truck before I met you as a person at, I want to say Beer Buds and Barbecue, which was an event um, oh, a couple years ago at this point. Um, and you're, uh, the, the logo for pink waffle was quite visceral. It was a waffle with butter coming out of a hole in the middle. Um, did you have a hand yep. in designing that? I'm a little bit of a hand in designing that. Um, I That logo was actually designed by my ex, uh, which is why I went through doing a rebrand after the first year. I was just trying to, you know, cut all emotional and, you know, business ties uh, with this person. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was uh, more designed with them. I had approved it. Um, yeah, and that was, uh, that was my logo for the first year. Uh, I do remember that event, the Beer Buds and Barbecue. That was down in uh, Elliott. Um, yeah, that was one of my uh, first festival stops, I'd say. Well, well, did it leave an impression on you? It did. It did. Um, I went back to that uh, same venue a couple times. I think that one might have been the first time I was there. Um, and I like doing stuff down in like farm areas. Um, and I remember it was quite a nice turnout. Um, and I think that might have also been one of my first cannabis events as well. Um, I think I did a couple things with the Maine Women's Cannabis Connection uh, in the months previous, but I think that was like my first, like you know, in with you know more people in the uh, in the industry. Do you have any prior experience in the cannabis industry outside the food connection? Um, I have done growing on my own. Um, I was taught by my lovely friends over at uh, Loud and Local uh, how to care for cannabis. Uh, they've helped me uh, learn a little bit there. Um, and yeah, besides that, uh, I got busted in college for having a couple pipes on me. Um, and I remember that I had a joint in the back of my car and it was in this like see-through uh, rolling paper because those were popular in, you know, 2004, whenever this was. Uh, and I remember the cops didn't find that somehow, even though it was like completely see-through. Um, but yeah. Sounds like you passed a deception check. Um, oh, shout out to- Somehow, just, just barely. Shout out to Emmett and Duncan, Emmett and Duncan of Loud and Local, who I am also familiar with. Emmett has been to my house and been on the show before. Like that to happen again? Uh, we'll see if we can have some kind of uh, queer trivia showdown or what have you at some point. But that's you know for a future episode. Let's focus on today's episode. Um, how long have you been a weed consumer, and do you have any weedy credentials you'd like to share? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been a weed consumer for about 20 years. Um, I'd say, you know, one of my bigger credentials was uh, accidentally dosing a friend's uh, little sister. She was in high school um, and I had made a tray of Rice Krispie treats and left them out on the counter uh, without any sort of labeling, unfortunately. And I got this poor girl stoned. You know, I had a similar experience with getting a dog stoned, but um, w- was she okay? Yeah, it happens sometimes. She was. She was a little mad at me afterwards, but yeah, she was just, I think, more upset because she uh, she was hungry, so she ate like quite a bit of squares. And this was before, you know, I had really learned much about how to properly make uh, edibles. Um, so, you know, it was the old, like, putting, you know, uh, butter and weed in the crock pot for a day and then straining it and then just, you know, making a recipe with it. Um, and yeah, it definitely knocked my socks off. So she was a little upset with me the next day. I'd be a little upset if I came home and one of my, you know, my roommates had eaten a couple squares, regardless of whether or not it had any weed in it. I would just be kind of, I'd be plum flustered and mad as hell. <laughs> Um, yeah I was uh it was more of a it was one of those sharing households so that part wasn't you know as uh as as big of a deal um as the fact that you know I I I did leave it unlabeled uh so (laughs) that got me in trouble well man it's gotten to the point where if I tell my friends like oh would you like a like a some kind of baked good which I, I also bake and they're like okay is this a baked good or a baked good like does this have weed in it or no yeah. so i i have a reputation at this point that people ask but you know you were just starting out man that's like that was your firm foundation yeah. for future success yes yes and it wasn't it wasn't a great start off but i've gotten better and i'm you know better at communicating as well now you know labeling my uh, products safely you know if, if i do ever have the time to, to make it at home um, I get that question a lot, actually, when I do cannabis events uh, with the waffle food truck, is if uh, any of my waffles have weed in them, um, and they do not. So, uh, but I have to answer that quite a few times. <laughs> has, has that been a consideration you've, you know, thought about? And um, I would probably do it for the right event, you know, and the right, you know, circumstances. Um, I've done, uh, when I catered years ago, um, we did staff parties for a local grower. And so he would give us stuff to, you know, dose the food with. Um, so I have done it before, uh, but not, not with the waffle truck yet. Well, uh, maybe we have that to look forward to on the horizon at some point. Uh, moving on, would you like to know about this week's weed product? Yes, I would. I would also like to know more about this week's weed product. I shot a message to the owner-creator, uh, Clippies. Clippies, friends of the show, they've been on the show before, Richard and Lou. Um, this is, I believe, their travel pipe. There will be pictures on the Instagram. Um, I've called Loud and Locals containers Keefe coffins before. This is like a weed coffin. This is where weed goes to be. <laughs> inhumed or exhumed or inhaled um so it's it's a little travel pipe comes in a cool little you know velvet carrying case with some extra screens i've used it the past couple of days and found it very helpful we'll talk about that more later though um but more importantly let's talk about the munchie moment for this week what do you like to snack on when you have the munchies rue um usually um i like to get my cornbread waffle um, I think you've had that before. 
um yeah so the sorry i was actually going to say um that's my recommended bunch for the week um so wow i'm gonna let you describe it because you know the ingredients that go into it and like the love and the care in preparation okay sorry to cut you off there liz it happens no worries man i'm sorry to cut you off no worries no worries um, yeah, so cornbread waffle, uh, we're both big fans. Um, I make a cornbread batter, uh, then I roast jalapenos, uh, de-seed them, take the skin off, uh, chop them up, mix it in with the cornbread. Uh, so you get a little bit of uh, spice, not too spicy because the, the uh, roasting of the jalapeno really draws out the uh, flavor as opposed to the spice that is in the seeds that we take out. Um, and then we pop that with pulled pork. Uh, it's got a special recipe rub of some nice sweet and savory flavors. Um, and then it's topped with Alabama barbecue sauce, or Alabama white barbecue sauce, I'm sorry, which is a mayonnaise-based barbecue sauce uh, with horseradish in it. And uh, then I top it off with chimichurri, which is um, an herb sauce. It's got parsley, cilantro, uh, and vinegar and oil, uh, garlic. So it's just a real nice combination of flavors. I'm not a meat eater uh, in many senses of the word, so you have a vegetarian option as well that I really fucking enjoyed at the last Independent Diamond Brokers event. I do, yeah, yeah. Um, I try to I try to do um, seasonal vegetables when I can. Um, I love that we live in a seasonal state um, and we're you know able to get things and you know that are in season uh, during different times of the year. So uh, yeah, I like to try to steer that way with the vegetables. Um, yeah, I kind of switch it up every week, so it's a little bit more exciting, and sometimes I'll season it differently than I do the week before, or do different combination of vegetables. Um, and yeah, I actually uh, don't sell a lot of the vegetable version, um, but you were like one of the few people that get it, um, you know, during the week when I'm out of service. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, because I do put some love into, you know, cooking up those vegetables so that people who are vegetarian have like a really nice savory option at my waffle truck. I, I super, I chowed down. My sister went back to get a savory, not a savory, a sweet waffle. I'm like, hey, man, we, we have a limited amount of resources. We should have gotten another one of those veggie waffles. And on the way home, we were like, damn, we should have gotten another one for the road. Um, so that <laughs> day, I believe it was collard greens was one of the main ingredients. Do you recall anything else? Oh, it was, it was sumptuous. It was delectable. It was delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was uh, collards, mushrooms, and onion. Um, and I remember because I made a post about it that week because I know that GMO, the uh, the cannabis strain, it's it's named because it's of uh, garlic, mushroom, onion, right? Is it? I, I believe somebody told me that. Somebody told me that a little while ago, and so I kind of ran with that. And so I remember that week because I was doing mushroom and onion and collards. I was like, oh, it's kind of like CMO. <laughs> like and i'm going to the independent diamond brokers uh marketplace so you know like that's you know i had a little fun play on words like with myself uh, <laughs> so but yeah i i had collards that week um man i i i got a whole bunch uh for myself to cook for dinner um and i ended up using it for the vegetables as well for the uh, for the waffle truck because i got such a huge bundle of them and cooked it down and i still just had so much uh, so I said, all right, we'll, we'll put it on the cornbread waffle this week. I really like it. Yeah, I, I think what I really appreciated the most is sometimes you go to a food truck and it's very high concept, low quality. However, you're a, you're a waffle truck. You absolutely have your niche picked out and you're also using ingredients that, 
you know, might otherwise not be utilized, like collard greens. They don't have a, you know, a prestigious reputation such as other things. And also mayonnaise-based barbecue sauce. What the fuck? That is that is a bananas <laughs> thing to hear. I knew it was white. I did not know why it was white. Um, but kudos for using, you know, uh, I, I would say out-of-the-box ingredients, but, you know, for uh, Alabama or, uh, you know, Alabama white barbecue sauce, I'm sure it's normal for them. But thank you for bringing that to Maine and to a, you know, a weed event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I enjoy barbecue, so I like to kind of give it a little nod uh, with that menu item. Uh, so, yeah, I was, uh, I'm, I'm glad I landed on the uh, sauce combination that I did. Uh, with the toppings for the for the cornbread waffle. I'm still thinking about it. I'm kind of mad we didn't do this interview in person so I could like get that recipe or like a, a little pocket full of you know a tiny waffle square with a little bit of you know the chimi the chimichurri, my goodness, was fantastic. It was papismic, which means like that lip smacking sound. Um that was a weed word from the Ooh. last episode, but yeah, so like chef's kiss, that's a that's a papismic noise. And uh so yeah, you've earned you've earned that title, my dude. Fucking delicious. I have dreams about this waffle. Thank you. Thank you. I really I thank you. I really appreciate that. Um I worked really hard on this menu and I'm I'm quite proud of the cornbread waffle. Um yeah, the chimichurri is pretty pretty darn uh tasty. Uh easy sauce to whip up too. Um and yeah, I think it really adds a nice little uh, sparkle at the end there. Yeah, I like I like sparkle. Yeah, I dig it. Like, you know, you've got the you've got a rock and that's like the cake in this situation, but once you polish it, that's the frosting. Does that make sense? I did a little weed before I started yeah. recording. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Speaking I get of that. I get that reference. Thank you. So speaking of weed, are you ready to do some weed? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. My name is Liz Lane and I suffer from a chronic illness. I spend most of my time focusing on taking care of myself and pain management. However, there are certain things I just can't do for myself that make a huge difference when it comes to my quality of life. I've been working with my massage therapist, Kayla, at Ascension Massage since she was a student. Kayla and I have developed a trust that allows me to relax and her to accomplish bodywork that leaves me feeling like my pain no longer consumes me constantly. Massage therapy has given me part of my life back that I thought was gone for good. Kayla and her mother Carrie are accepting clients seven days a week in Kennebunk. Reach out to them at ascensionmassagemain.com and they'll be in touch. We are back. Rue has a weed word that he would like to share with us. If you or a friend have a word that you think deserves airtime, leave us a message on Anchor. Make sure to include your name, a definition, and its use in a sentence. I guarantee you, if you do this, it will be on the show pending absolute foulness. Take it away, Rue. All right. Uh, my weed word I chose is uh, dosing, which is, uh, in my loose definition of it, you know, using cannabis products and getting the exact amount required uh, for a recipe to, uh, so consumers can safely get high. Um, I'd like to use it in a sentence now, and that sentence is, uh, you did a great job dosing those brownies. I got the perfect amount of time. Rue, that's spectacular. You did it. Fantastic. Right Yay. out of the gate. Man, so you've mentioned a little bit about 
dosing, you know, in a non-industrial setting? Have you, you know, uh, you know, at home, I make myself chef snacks, um, you know, little pieces of vegetable that I, uh, you know, just munch on that aren't going to go in the dish. Uh, do you have any like, you know, this question's gotten away from me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. Do you have any sna chef snacks, you know, while working, um, that you recommend? Like, for, I mean, just uh... for me, a chef snack, like Sorry, when I was making edibles, um, I made brownies and it turns out all the weed stuff sunk to the bottom. So when we were taking the brownies out, there was a lot of stuff left. So I took a spatula and scraped it all out and then ate it with a spoon. That is a chef snack, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, that is a chef snack, in my opinion, as well. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um, is this a cannabis specific chef snack or is this just like a general chef snack? Uh, it could be either, my man. This is this is our episode. You know, it's not just my All show. Right. It's our show. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Usually uh, I kind of I'm kind of boring. Uh, I even though I have a waffle food truck and I do all sorts of creative stuff, I kind of just make myself the same waffle uh, while I'm working. Um, and I usually, um, so I pre-make uh, square waffles uh, for a couple of my menu items and that helps keep lines down and uh, you know, uh, ticket time down anyway. Uh, so I'll take one of those and then I'll take the pulled pork that I make and I put the uh, Alabama barbecue sauce and the uh, chimichurri and I make myself a little sandwich. Um, and I eat that pretty much every day I work. Um, it's the same thing every single time. You know, that sounds, yeah, yeah, that sounds delicious. Like, I'm trying to make sure my stomach's not growling on uh, on air, but, uh, you know, that's just, that's a yeah. compliment to the chef. Um, how are you feeling, Rue? Feeling pretty good. Um, pretty tired this week. I've been doing pride shenanigans for the past couple of weeks. Uh, participating in a lot of towns' uh, first Pride celebrations around Maine, and they've been really popular so far, which is a great thing. Um, and I'm feeling extra tired because of all this sad weather that we're having. Yeah, I went to Portland Pride, and I had a big bag of little, like the ha the trick or treating style Swedish fish and Sour Patch Kids, and I was gonna go mm. around feeding the gays and like tossing them. Oh, excuse me tossing them out my car window you know a little colorful little treat for all the people dressed in rainbows yeah. and then it rained and i was like no one wants to get hit with a wet bag of uh four swedish fish <laughs> so i right? i've just been eating those that that could have been my my munch for this week except for sour patch kids have been turning my tongue white because of the acid burn so i gotta take a break oh, oh yeah yeah they they definitely there's something i have to uh you know watch my boundaries with uh, with those because damn they're tasty uh, but yeah damn they burn my mouth yes they you know it's like how bananas are you know or pineapples will eat you as you're eating them that's a defense mechanism uh, I think Sour Patch Kids also have a defense mechanism um, moving on to Puff Pass peer review right. I mean you know uh, they're going to start I, I, I personalize a lot of inanimate objects like you know I try to treat everything <laughs> like it's a living being for the most part um but any man what kind of weed did i do earlier um puff pass peer review so this is uh, i got it you know one time i forgot to do this and i had to record it at the end and i felt like a schmuck i'm like well, i can't even can't even follow the format of my own podcast but this is a lovely little wooden pipe it has a i think it's burnt on but it's the unit yeah, the order of the universal heart 
which is a Leonard Cohen thing. Um, it has two intertwined hearts stamped on it, um, which looks pretty bitchin' from a distance and even cooler up close, like a bunch of snakes giving a hug. Um, it's kind of it kind of looks like a doorstop. Like if you if you needed an emergency doorstop, um, this would absolutely fit that bill. It has um it's really one thing that's really appealing about it is the simple construction of like at one point this was just one little piece of wood that was probably too small for other projects. And so this like there's a lot of really cool colors of wood. There's like canary, um sometimes there's like purple or cherry wood that has really fascinating colors and it's unfortunate that you know not all of those pieces can be used despite how gorgeous they look. Um, so this is, a, I think, a good way to utilize smaller pieces of wood, and you could probably make this at home. I'm sure people have already made these at home for, you know, generations when you couldn't find, you know, glass in stores and you had to go to a fish concert parking lot to pick up, you know, some smokeware. Um, but this is a, this is a little weedy coffin, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of coffin shaped. It's not quite as uh, pointed at the bottom, but it's, it has a really nice hand feel. And I thought for sure I would set this on fire on accident with a torch lighter. Um, however, it did not. And it's actually, you know, looking kind of cooler after smoking, if that makes sense. Like now it's got that kind of ripped jean aesthetic, um, like, you know, from from hard work and use. Um, it's a dandy little tool. And mm -hmm. I, I it was I, great to pass around a campfire. It really added to that smoky smell. Um, it came in a nice little carrying bag, and Lou even threw in a couple of screens for me, which I, I wicked appreciate. So thank you very much, Lou and Richard, for passing this along my way. It feels really good in my hand. Like, the whole time we've been talking, I've kind of just been playing with it. Um, and I think that's a that's a good sign. It's got, um, it's one piece of wood, I believe. There is a whole board for the, for the, for the smoke hole where you put the weed in, and then another one bored through. Um, through it for like you know a drawing thing there's no uh carb hole uh, uh, anyway uh that sounded like carpool um but this is this is lovely I think in its simplicity is really where it shines it's not trying to be anything too extravagant this would be something I would feel okay like on a hike pulling out taking a few puffs you know making sure it's out putting it back in the bag putting it in my pocket and continuing so this is um, this this pipe will bring you close to nature is my uh, glowing review for this product. Uh, once again, thank you, Clippies, for providing uh, another way for me to do weed. Um, yeah, so, Rue, do you have any uh, dispensaries you'd like to shout out? Any of their product you uh, particularly enjoy? Um, yeah, I... Uh... I live down in Biddeford, uh, so I've been going to the same dispensary for years, uh, which is Stoner & Co. Um, I love all of their products. They have really great price tiers um, for consumers. Um, their little pre-rolls are lovely, um, and I am somebody who enjoys more indica-leaning strains, uh, and that tends to be they, where they lean um, and excel at. They have very... Uh, high THC uh, indica strains um, that I really enjoy just to put me out at the end of the day. It's, it's funny. My sister also has been doing weed in kind of that method. Like at nine o'clock, I go to bed about midnight. Kate's like, hey, can I have an edible? And, you know, the first mm -hmm. couple of times Kate asked, I'm like, it's kind of too late to party, but all right. But it turns out uh, edibles put Kate to sleep. So we, that's, you know, to each their own, but yep. that's uh, that's an effective way to do stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, cannabis has been a, a great help for my sleep problems by for the past 20 years, I'd say. Um, I definitely can tell a difference if I am not in enjoying cannabis uh, as often as I usually do. Uh, I cannot sleep without it, so... I have been, uh, you know, not only like cat allergies keeping me up, but Benadryl's really good at knocking me out. And so like I use, I use weed so I can eat. If weed put me to sleep every time I did that, I would be, oh my gosh, I wouldn't be conscious for most of the day. Um, but <laughs> that being said, there are specialty edibles like Healer, which is the ones Kate, Kate has been asking about, um, like their melatonin weed gummies. So shout out awesome. to you folks. I don't know if anyone's listening, but thank you, Healer. Where can we get more? Um, is the question Kate has been asking me. <laughs> yeah, those sound great. Melatonin and cannabis? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, one time I was having a really rough day. I have a melatonin story. Um, and I, I was like, I'm going to take a bunch of melatonin and take a nap near these volleyball courts because it's a beautiful day. And I feel like a garbage can that has been pissed in and then set on fire. And so I took a bunch of melatonin and I was trying to sleep. And then a volleyball hit me in the face. Um, it turns out my RA had oh, no. uh, spiked it and didn't realize I was there. And she's like, you OK? And like me, clearly not OK. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, OK, great. Can you throw the ball back? Um so that was that was college for me on melatonin and then after that i didn't do it because i'm like this is not this is not what i wanted um i could have blamed that on the volleyball but i'm choosing yeah. to blame it on the pills but um we are going to take a quick smoke break because otherwise zoom will cut us off we'll be right back uh we are back and moving on to blowing smoke the interview portion rue what was your first experience with weed my first experience with weed, with weed was sophomore year in high school. Uh, my best friend had already been smoking pot for a little bit. I had wanted to try. Uh, so she invited me over to her house for the weekend. Um, and I grew up in Southern California. So this was, uh, it was a long time ago and a land far away. Um, and we were unable to get lighters or rolling papers. So <laughs> we took uh gum wrappers like the the ones that are have the aluminum foil that fold um and then we would we get a whole pack and then we would meticulously scrape off the metal with quarters uh so that it would leave just the paper we would use that as a rolling paper and then we would shut it with uh just a stick of glue uh so my first time smoking was smoking a joint like that out in my friend's backyard um, and then afterwards, I stared at her ceiling fan and threw Cheetos at it laughing for probably about two or three hours. You know what? That sounds fantastic. And that was your first time smoking? You felt, you know, stoned? Oh, yeah, yeah. I felt stoned the, the very first time. Um, I've since met people that didn't have that same experience. Uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting how that works. I was going to say most of the people on the show didn't feel it the first time. I am also kind of the person that didn't feel you know but I, I think that might also have to do with not realizing how weed is supposed to make your body feel and you know people maybe don't take enough to get the certain kind of effects they've heard about in tv and in movies and so you know accidentally microdosing right. the first time and just kind of feeling like your bones don't hurt that's you know that's not getting high the first time it's getting medicated the first time um, but it's cool to know that you yeah, yeah right what is your history of consumption yeah yeah it was uh oh sorry go on um no it's okay um 
My history of consumption is mostly flour. Um, that has been my, my go-to uh, over the years. I dabble a little bit with edibles. Sometimes I'll take a dab, but those tend to just knock me on my butt. Um, and I smoked cigarettes for 13 years. So now, like when I, when I consume cannabis, usually now it's like the joints. And I've recognized that part of that is kind of part of the ritual uh, that I enjoyed with cigarettes is having something in my hand smoking. Um, so that's, that's been my, uh, my way of doing it. Oh, well, thank you for explaining. Um, did you, you know, once you started smoking, was it, you know, an everyday thing? Like how, how did you begin to incorporate cannabis into your life? Um, well, I began to incorporate it, uh, as a teenager, like pretty much after the first time I smoked and was, you know, throwing Cheetos at my friend's fan, I was hooked. Um, and now looking back at it, I, I know that it did help me sleep a little bit. Um, but I think in my teenage years, it was part of that rebelling and, uh, you know, escapism, honestly. Um, and so since then, I've, I've had to kind of, you know, reevaluate my relationship with cannabis and how I use it and why I use it and when I use it. Um, and so now I try to, you know, use it. Like I mentioned, it, it helps me sleep. Um, and also, you know, I like to take a you know, a sativa blend usually is something that's a little bit uh, less uh, in the couch indica um, for the daytime. You know, I'll take a little of my coffee. I'll get my day started that way. Um, and then I take a break uh, and usually pick up at the end of the day once I'm done with all my work. Yeah, and it sounds like you have a pretty sweet setup. Do you still grow? I didn't last summer. I might this summer. Uh, our mutual friend Emmett uh, has some extras, uh, like uh, clones, laying around because they. I'm, I'm not sure what they're exactly. I'm not sure how professionals, you know, make choices of plants or whatever. But I just saw them the other day, and they're like, "Hey, do you want a plant?" And I said, "Sure. I've got some buckets. I'll put it in the backyard." Um, <laughs> so I think I'll probably have one this year. Uh, just you know, kind of more for fun. Um, I enjoy gardening and growing food and uh, medicinal herbs and flowers. Uh, so, you know, cannabis obviously falls into that category. Uh, and I think it'd be a lovely addition to our backyard garden. What else do you grow? Um, let's see. We have, we have a big bush of St. John's wort that's coming up. Um, we've got strawberries in the backyard. We've got wild strawberries in the front yard. Um, we put in some seedlings for zucchinis. Um, we're going to try watermelon. I'm not sure how it's going to do. I've never grown that. Um, and then we have a lot of native flowers that pop up. Um, and my roommate actually has done landscaping a lot in the past. And so they've kind of curated it. So it's a lot of uh, pollinating uh, flowers and plants. So that way we have lots and lots of bees uh, and happy bugs in our backyard. Yeah, are these native flowers? Is that what you said? Yes, yeah, yeah. They're they are good at identifying and they, they know more about plants. I'm good at the, uh, you know, like we have these enormous uh, rhubarb plants. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I processed seven and a half pounds of rhubarb and made jam. Uh, so that's kind of like, I like to grow, I like to tend, um, but there, my roommate is kind of more the expert of like why we have the native flowers and you know what does what exactly. Uh, but I'm the expert on the food end, so hopefully some of our food comes up. We just pulled the, a tiny, tiny radish uh, the other day, uh, but it was the only radish that actually created a, a little fruit. So we're we're proud of it, regardless. 
you know you're calling that a radish i think that's pretty fucking rad like kudos to you for growing your own food yeah from seed too that was the cool thing like we put down radish seeds you know we had greens pop up but one of them actually produced a radish so have have you consumed that radish no not yet i think it's inside um i think it probably it's so tiny we probably cut it in half and have like one bite each sort of a thing uh but we've been consuming a lot of strawberries in the backyard uh and in in competition with some chipmunks living nearby uh, unfortunately for us so they're, they're getting the good ones first and they're not eating the whole thing either which is pretty rude just leaving these big bite marks out of them agreed i so rhubarb from my understanding part of the plant is poisonous do you have you know other plants and like you know how do how do i phrase this question like are there any concerns that you have to deal with when processing food you know that you've grown yourself i think rhubarb's the the one that comes to mind uh when when you're, you're thinking about those sorts of things and that's that's the same for me um otherwise no um nothing that comes to mind is like i you know what i think um i think potato greens are poisonous so you know we eat the potato that you know comes from the root uh down in the ground but then i think the greens themselves that pop up above the ground those i don't think we can eat i think those would make us sick i'm a big fan of utilizing um like in in theory i love the idea of sausage and head cheese and all those kind of ingredients that would otherwise be thrown away um, like collard greens, for instance, I went to a school in the South, so we had those fairly regularly. However, they were overcooked and mushy. Your collard greens, on the other hand, were fantastic. Uh, where do you Thank find you. inspiration for, you know, the foods that you, you know, come up with? Um, honestly, I kind of like to dig back into a lot of my own food experiences. Um, I have a little notebook that I have at home that I've kept for years now that I had taken from, you know, chef job to chef job where I, you know, made notes on like, you know, like little recipes of vinaigrettes that we did that, like, you know, I, I loved and that I wanted to carry on uh, through the years. So sometimes if I need inspiration, um, I'll look there. Um, otherwise, I just try to um, get closer to the, the food item itself, you know, like it's collard greens, for example, you know, like you know, taste the collard, see, you know, like say if I've never cooked with it before, which I have cooked collards a lot. Um, but if I've never cooked with it before, you know, I'll try to taste it. I'll try to think about, you know, what flavor profiles it has and what those ones are complementary to. Um, and then I try to, you know, draw on, you know, what, you know, onto that and then try to build flavors that I think will work out from there. Um, so it's a lot of uh, spending time with the food and uh, just kind of practicing, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't. What recipes are you tinkering around with now? Um, the one I'm going to be working on now is I think I'm going to redo my chocolate ice cream recipe. Um, I redid my ice cream base recipe this year uh, so that it doesn't have eggs in it. It still has a lot of dairy in it, so it's not vegan. Um, I do have a vegan ice cream on the truck. Uh, but anyway, uh, so my oh, chocolate yeah. ice cream yeah, my chocolate ice cream is um, hard to scoop, um, where the other three flavors of mine are pretty easy to scoop because of the recipe. Um, so I think that uh, because I use cocoa powder in it instead uh, in the recipe that it makes it dried out and that it's making it harder to scoop. So this next round, I'm going to try to do some experimenting with uh, instead of using cocoa powder in the recipe, just use a uh, chocolate sauce. 
Um, I make a chocolate sauce for a menu item on the waffle truck. So I think I'm going to try to like drizzle it in as the ice cream is spinning and becoming frozen. My mouth is watering, Rue. <laughs> yeah, it's a, ice cream tends to have that uh, kind of effect on people. I have gotten more ice cream this summer than any other summer previously, except for when I was a kid, because Scoop Deck in Walls, Maine is right down the road. I can ride my bike there, um, and I can do very few, you know, bike trips, so it's nice that I can go get ice cream. Um, unfortunately, I have to, like, balance it with one hand and try to, you know, eat the cone and right. steer a bike and right. watch for traffic. <laughs> um, so are there yep, any yep. out-of-the-box, I would are you familiar with the show Chopped by any chance? Chopped? I'm a little familiar, yeah. Um, I think. Oh, you know what? I have a funny weed story about Chopped. The first time I ever did a dab, uh, I did a huge bong rip of one, and my buddies were watching Chopped, and I got so intense about it because I'm a cook, you know, uh, that I put myself into a panic attack and had to leave uh, because I was too uh, involved in the Chopped episode. So, um, yes, I'm a little familiar. I am absolutely uh, a foodie. So there, there are like a couple of uh, like memes going around, like in your mystery chef box. Uh, it's like, oh, you have NyQuil, you have prosciutto, you have candy corn, things of that nature. Have you, you know, come up with any oddball recipes that could be considered thinking inside of the chopped box and outside of regular boxes? Um, I'd say, yeah, I think, um, I think I've at least played with that sort of thing just in general, like with my waffle concept. It's kind of been like a, what can I put in a waffle iron? Um, and delightfully, the answer is most things. Um, I've had a pretty high success rate with putting stuff in a waffle iron and it cooks up deliciously. Um, so the one that I'm thinking about that comes to mind is uh, cake batter. Um, so I did, uh, yeah, yeah, I did a, I did a funfetti cake batter waffle um, a couple of years back. I think it's still on one of my catering menus for a dessert item. Uh, and fuck, it's so good. Um, <laughs> So it's just basically, yeah, uh, funfetti cake batter, and I schlopped it into a uh, waffle iron, and it toasted up, and it was like this beautiful, like, delicate, fluffy, little crunch cake, and I put some caramel and uh, vanilla ice cream on top. Fuck me, that sounds so good. I recently learned how much better caramel is if you salt it first, um, and I've made, like, salted caramel cookies, and just salty cookies in general are spectacular. Ooh. Uh, man, so that, oh, Salt that waffle sweet is so just such a ah, yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, another one I make that's fun is a churro waffle, and it's the same thing. Um, I had a job where uh, I would make churros, uh, which you make a batter and then you like you know plop them into frying oil. So I put the churro batter into the waffle iron, and the same thing, it turned out to be a churro. So it's pretty cool. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to throw some ideas for waffle concepts at you and you could you just, you know, yes or no. Do you think you could do that? Uh, a pineapple upside down okay. cake waffle. Do you think that would be possible to make in a waffle iron? Yes. 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 I think it would be, I think it'd be maybe a time thing because you'd probably have to put the pineapple down first and then put batter on top of it so that it was like, you know, properly like upside down sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also haven't made I haven't made upside down for many years, so uh, but I bet I bet it would work if the regular cake batter recipe worked. I don't see why not. 
Okay, what about like an omelet waffle? Like, you know, you pour in your omelet batter and it's like an eggy kind of keto waffle dealio and then you turn that into something else. Do you think that could work? Oh, yes. I do think it would work. I think an omelet, I think an omelet waffle would work. I'm, I'm wondering about the texture though. That's, that's my only thing. Um, so I'd say yes, that it would work, but I am not sure of how delicious it would be. That's a good point, considering like with waffles, you got that, I don't know if it's gluten necessarily, but you do have kind of a, a, a forgiving texture. With egg, I think once it's cold, it would probably snap. Is, is there like a dream yeah. waffle you would love to make? Um, I wish I could produce on a more mass scale um, my pretzel waffles. Ooh. Uh, yeah yeah it's the same thing i was you know i've made pretzels at a job i said hey i wonder if i could do this on a waffle iron and i can and it's super delicious it's just like such a pain in the butt to do uh recipe and then the technique and then trying to get it for service sort of a thing um that i ended up taking it off the menu um so that's that's one that i uh, dream about coming back to because i did a like, honey mustard or no maple mustard with it um and then a cheese sauce to dip too so it was like these nice little like pretzel waffle chunks and we've got dipping sauce in them uh, spectacular now i'm i'm make pretzels at home pretty regularly do you have to boil the dough first and then put it in the waffle iron to get that texture yes yeah, so i i don't use lye i use uh, i use baking soda but yeah it's the same thing you do yeah make the dough and then i'll roll it out and then i cut them into uh, like squares um and then yeah i boil them and then let them you know drip off for a minute and then yeah i cook them on the waffle iron right after so it's this whole like 10 step process but they're real delicious man i'm just thinking like i, I can make i can make some dough when i'm done with this interview and then i could yeah. now i have a mini yeah. waffle iron somewhere that I, i'm just yeah. thinking like all the steps and um you know thank you for fueling my creativity and feeding me at weed events Happy yeah Happy so to. yeah for sure uh it's it's always a blast when i see the pink waffle truck you guys have like some i i was a fan of the previous kind of uh suggestive logo um what kind of steps did you take in your rebranding and was there like a certain image you were going for yeah um so the steps i took um i i think i've mentioned i've been i've done events with the name women's cannabis connection um and I got involved with them because I'm friends with Hallie Mitchell, um, who is an artist, and she has her own design studio called Vivid Designs, Vivid Studios. Um, so we've been friends for a few years, um, and I have reached out to her about creating um, creating a new logo. I have seen some of her work. She's done um, like mural work at different dispensaries and uh, lots of that sort of thing. And I. I love that kind of aesthetic that like uh, dispensaries have that kind of like stonery cartoonish art. Um, so I kind of, you know, I gave her a couple ideas. I was like, this is kind of the direction I want it to go. If you could come up with something, that'd be great. Um, and we were doing the brand, but also the uh, the full wrap on the, the waffle trailer itself. Um, so she she came up with the, uh, the, the leggy waffle, we call her, um, the, the waffle with the legs and the, and the lips. And then, um, yeah, also the uh, the new colors and the uh, the purple and white checkered brand. Dope. I um, it's yeah. funny you say leggy waffles. Growing up, um, and by that I mean when I was a teenager, we had crackers, um, and they were called buttery smooth. 
So Kate and I, we started shaving our legs at some point and really getting into like sugar scrub and like oiling them up. And uh, <laughs> so we were like, oh, these, these leggies are buttery smooth. And uh, we would like, my mom's like, do you want That's anything? Funny. And we we're like the leggy crackers, please. And she's like, leggy crackers. Um, and she also calls them <laughs> that now. They're like the club, buttery club crackers that are just kind of, mm, sometimes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Leggy crackers, huh? Okay. I like that. Okay. Here's I'm to see them next time and think about that. Wonderful. Here's to leggy waffles and leggy crackers. Um, and one more question before I go, because we're both running out of time, unfortunately. Um, how has weed changed in your lifetime? I mean, the accessibility alone has changed. Um, it is great to see that it's been decriminalized, like almost across the board. I know there's exceptions in the South, unfortunately. Um, but also, I remember, you know, when I was a teenager and I was, you know, rolling those gum wrapper joints uh, with my friends and gluing them shut, um, I dreamed about going to the store and being able to pick up like a pack of joints, like you could pick up a pack of cigarettes. Um, and I'm happy to say to my adult self that like that is now a reality. I can go to the store and get that. Um, so that has been the biggest thing. I'd say accessibility and then also the uh, destigmatization of cannabis in general and you know, coming around to realizing that we've put way too many people into jail and prison for it. And also it's you know a very helpful plant for a lot of people. Agreed. And I think, you know, big cotton, big pharma, they're in it together to get to stomp on, uh -huh. you know, little weed um i it's yeah. funny you know you talk about destigmatization um drag queens were outlawed in tennessee to some extent um and it was uh, before that i had troubles you know scheduling an appointment to go to my college to talk about you know the things that i'm doing as a journalist and a writer because i have a degree in writing communications and i always wanted to be one of those alumni that comes back and provides hope for the future um and it was hard to do that for yeah. a long time until they outlawed um, you know, drag queens. And then my previous, hi, hi, Christina, I miss you. Um, she said, you know, well, Boomer's doing something that's illegal and he comes to talk. So I think your thing is cool now. Or essentially that's how the conversation went. Like, <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, making something else illegal helped me get a foot in the door. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the end of the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go, Rue? um nothing just a happy pride to you and um yeah i'm uh i'm glad to have done the show happy pride to you as well do you have any other favorite uh gay cardinal sins i know i just i love the joke that like you know pride is apparently a cardinal sin but i i like the idea of gay wrath or gay greed or uh what do you call it like i'm gay lust i guess is is fantastic but you know i'm yeah, looking let's um... I, uh, I changed uh, the trans day of visibility into trans day of vengeance. Yes. I, like <laughs> I fucking love that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. 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 So that's my little cardinal sin, I guess, is the, the day of vengeance for the trans folk. Wonderful. Fantastic. Rue, you've been an excellent guest. Where would you like people to find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram um, at the pink waffle me. Um, I post my schedule every week uh, for stuff I'm doing out in public, uh, and I do things um, usually outside the Portland area. So I'm trying to do more stuff in you know different towns, Gorham, and go up to Gray, et cetera, Biddeford. Um, but yeah, that's how you can find me mostly on Instagram. Well, if you come down to Wells, I'll have to make you a waffle of some sort. Um, yes. Oh yes, I wanted to mention to you that I'll be at Congdon's after dark. 
couple times this summer. So. What? Oh my gosh, man! That place when I was talking yeah. about high concept, low quality, I was kind of talking about Congdon's. But oh my gosh, if your waffle's gonna be there, absolutely, I'm gonna fucking take my bike and hike down. Excellent. Well, yeah, I I'm doing. I think I'm doing my first stop in a couple weeks. So just like you know, look out on the Instagram for when I'll be there. And I think I'll be there at least four or five times this summer. Oh, wonderful. That gives me such, oh man, I'll be, I'll be the one walking yeah. around with like a, a waffle clapboard, like, you know, kind of a sandwich board on my body, just <laughs> telling people, telling the whole world, evangelicalizing about these waffles. Cause oh, my, I'm still thinking about them, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. Um, uh, that is all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is the Irish washroom and as arranged by Maylee Charles. You can find Potlucky on Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Feel free to post pictures of your smoking materials and tag me in them at Potlucky Podcast. Like what we do and want to see us grow? Consider supporting us on Anchor.fm. You will hear from me next week. Rue will be slinging dough, taking names, making cash. So we're going to say goodbye together. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you for being here.